Well, we've come to the famous seventh seal. And the seventh seal is broken in Revelation chapter 8, verse 1. There's a preparatory silence in heaven, anticipating this big moment, this dark moment, where the wrath of God is finally unleashed on an unbelieving and unrepentant world. Today, we look at the seventh seal in Revelation 8 on Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's message, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store, and podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part three of Revelation 8, the seventh seal. Now, in many of the judgments that come, the wrath of God that comes, you're going to see a familiarity, a connection with the book of Exodus and the plagues on Egypt. In fact, the book of Revelation is a final uh, Exodus, if you will. It's a final uh, Passover. God is going to judge very similarly to the way that he judged Egypt in that time. And we did see hail and fire in one of the judgments of God. But here it is mixed with blood. I mean, I don't know how literal to take this. Some people say blood is the color. Some people say blood is the result. But the text actually says that the hail and fire are mixed with blood. Can you imagine how brutal that would be? Can you imagine if that is literal? I mean, I've heard it, you know, uh, saying raining cats and dogs, but... Can you imagine blood coming down? What would be the message that God would want to convey with hail and fire and blood? I thought, I'm sitting at my desk thinking, I wonder if the message is for all the innocent blood that you have shed, I'm going to put it back on your head. Oh my goodness. Scary thought, isn't it? But God does reckon the blood of the innocent. Now, this is why it's so good to be a Christian. This is why it's so good to be part of the great multitude in heaven with the palm branch in your hand before the judgment begins. Amen? Get saved if you're not saved because you don't want to face this. This is just the first trumpet. There's much more to come. And if blood is also spilling In some ways, from the heavens, can you imagine what that would be, what that would look like? It's scary. You have the earth burned up. You have a third of the trees burned up. You have grass burned. Everything. Mother Earth is being judged by Father God. I was at a Kentucky Fried Chicken a couple years ago. And... uh, Someone told me that they were, they were uh, I think, in Washington, D.C., the grass area in front of the White House, and uh, they said that there was a duck that was mating, and so there was a sign that you had to be quiet because the duck was mating. So it was, it was quiet, please, while the... <laughs> Oh, what? <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. And I asked the guy, are you serious? And he goes, yeah, they, they had a sign out there. 
quiet, please. The, the duck is mating. I mean, all I could think of is what a quack. I mean, <laughs> the story was real. The last part, you can take it for what it's worth. In Exodus 9, verse 25, the hail struck all that was in the field through the land of Egypt. Exodus 9, 25, both man and beast, the hail also struck every plant of the field, shattered every tree of the field. Only in Goshen, where the sons of Israel were, was there no hail. Think of the 144,000. They're, they're a picture of the children of Israel in Goshen. Egypt gets devastated by the judgments of God, the plagues of God, but in Goshen, it doesn't hit God's people. They're sealed. Look at verse 8 of Revelation 8. The second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. The second trumpet judgment is directed towards the sea or the ocean. A third of the sea became blood. This is probably intended to remind us of Exodus 7, 20 and 21, where the first plague that came upon Egypt was what? The Nile was turned into blood. Do you remember the Pharaoh at the time wanted to take the Hebrew babies and throw them where? Into the Nile. He wanted to make the Nile red with the blood of the babies of the Hebrews. And Moses' parents made a little makeshift ark for him to protect him. And the midwives didn't want to obey the Pharaoh. And the people of Egypt believed the Nile was a god. They called it the Nile god. They worshiped the Nile. Pharaoh would come down and celebrate the waters of the Nile, bless the waters of the Nile, ceremonially bathe in the waters of the Nile. And when Moses came and said, let my people go, and the Pharaoh hardened his neck, the Nile was turned into blood. What do you think the message was? Perhaps this. What you worship, I just killed. Your God is dead. You're going to throw the babies in there? Well, then you're going to deal with my wrath, says the Lord. And so this is how God deals with the world. Judgment has come. Judgment day has come. There will be many. Uh, well, I think, you know, I don't see any evidence when the day of the Lord starts, frankly, that anybody repents. You can wrestle with that. But once the seventh seal is broken, I can't remember one record in the book of Revelation of repentance. And this is the parallel with the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh had plague upon plague come upon him. And each time he what? This is the famous statement. He hardened his heart. Now, he felt a little bit of remorse in the moment. Okay, back off. That's a lot of frogs. Okay, enough. Can the, fro can the frogs go away? Can the lice go away? I've sinned. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. But then what happened? He'd harden his heart and harden his heart, even though judgment was coming upon him. A third of the creatures, verse 9, which were in the sea and had life died. Can you imagine the devastation? A third of the ships were destroyed because what happened was a fiery mountain, maybe the best thing to imagine is a meteorite, was cast into the sea. Imagine what it would do to the temperature of the sea. Imagine what it would do to aquatic life. Imagine the tsunamis. 
that would follow. Imagine the destruction to ships. And we've been seeing images on the news, and, and that's been to hurricanes and things like that. Imagine this fiery mountain. I don't know how big it is. Goes into the sea, and the damage that uh, is uh, a result of it, the world ships, the economy, uh, all being devastated. Verse 10. The third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers, on the springs or the fountains of waters. The name of the star is called Wormwood, literally means bitterness. And a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the waters because they were made bitter. The waters were made bitter. Wormwood is literally the deadly liquor ingredient known as absinthe from the the Greek word absinthos. It's a shrub whose leaves are used in manufacturing of absinthe, a liquor so toxic that its manufacture is banned in many countries. The star may fall apart as it approaches the earth, scattering it, its burning blobs everywhere over the land and sea and everywhere on the earth. All the gifts that men took for granted, streams of water, clear, moving, easy to get a drink, is no longer. The waters become bitter. All the things that man takes for granted, the, the creation, are devastated. And some of you are thinking, man, this is harsh. Is this God? Yeah, how long has he waited until he's judged? How patient has he been? How many appeals has he made to mankind? How many foreshadowings has he told of this day? Remember, the church is gone now. All that's left is people who would not repent, and now the judgment comes. These are the people on the earth. Can you imagine some of them? These are the people who said, "Ah, I don't need God. I I don't care. When that day comes, I'll do a little negotiation with the big man upstairs. I'll tell him why I didn't believe in him. We'll have a talking to. We'll get things squared away. Really? I think the only thing that you'll be saying is, Rock, please fall on me and hide me from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. The fourth angel sounded, verse 12. This is not pleasant, but this is the book you all asked to study. If you recall, some weeks back, I asked you. (laughs) The fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun, and a third of the moon, a third of the stars were smitten, so that a third of them might be darkened. The day might not... and and. And the day might not shine for a third of it, and the night in the same way. Earth, sea, rivers, sun, moon, stars, all those things that they thought were never going to end. You know, maybe the, the consequence of a purposeless, mindless explosion billions of years ago. Nobody's steering, by the way, in evolutionary thought. Everything you see is the consequence of a cosmic explosion or accident. Nobody's steering, by the way. Oh, there is one theory now that's come out. Aliens are steering. So that's, that's option B. Either nobody's steering or aliens are steering. So that's what they got. So, the, you know, the, the movie Contact. You know, anybody out there? Keep dialing. Somebody going to call back? Maybe, maybe aliens fired intelligent life down on this planet. That, that's how we all got here. I hope they're more like E.T. and not the weird alien in the alien movie who comes out of your stomach. I mean, that's, 
if I had an option, I'd... You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Visit the Walk in Truth store today and get the DVD series in Revelation by Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the seven-sealed scroll, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the mark of the beast, and learn about the new heaven and the new earth. Join Michael Lance in these DVD series of the dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk in Truth store today to order your copy of the DVDs, all available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. I hope they're more like E.T. and not the weird alien in the alien movie who comes out of your stomach. I mean, that's, if I had an option, I'd E.T. phone home. Sounds better, but this is what they got. This is what the world taught our students. This is how to be scientific, right? Evolutionary theory. That's what we got. And this is where we are today. The partial eclipse reminiscent of the ninth plague in Egypt, Exodus 10, 21, and 22, is temporary as God will later increase the amount of heat coming from the sun. We'll see later on. But the Lord said to Moses in Exodus 10, stretch out your hand toward the sky that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even a darkness which may be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward the sky, and there was thick darkness in the land of Egypt for a period of three days. And I looked, and I heard an eagle. The King James says, an angel. This may be one of the angelic creatures of Revelation 4-7, described in appearance like a flying eagle, Revelation 4-7. He was flying in the mid-heaven, and he said with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. A woe is pronounced on those who are the earth dwellers because only four trumpets have sounded and we haven't even gotten to the bowls yet. And a woe is pronounced. Woe, woe, woe. Sad. A woe in the Bible is an expression of sympathy and pity mixed with the idea of judgment. Woe. Isaiah said, woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the Lord. Woe is me. Woe, woe, woe. There are more trumpets about to sound. And what will the people of the earth do then? The, the question that should be stirring in all of our hearts is simply this. 
How does one escape these things? How does one escape the wrath of God? And the Bible is clear. Jesus saves us from the wrath to come. Now, it's not just about people who are here when these things happen. It's also about right here and right now. I've gotten two phone calls in the last 24 hours. The two dear saints have gone home to be with the Lord. And I'm so glad I can say that. They've gone home to be with the Lord. Because to be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. But when an unbeliever dies, what do we say? We, we see glimpses in the Bible. Look, this is just reality, folks. If you are a believer, to be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. But if you're an unbeliever, to be absent from the body is to be under the wrath of God. Why? Because God is holy and just, and he will judge sin. And that's here before us in these judgments in the book of Revelation. But it is also true that we need to escape the wrath. And the way we do it is we run to the Savior. Now, at this point, some people say, well, it sounds like a pretty harsh God. Why would I believe in a God like this? Remember, this God became a man, and he was born in Bethlehem, and he lived the perfect life that I failed to live, and he died on the cross. And when he was dying on the cross, signs of judgment were all around the cross. From the cross, Jesus said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means... My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the earth shook, and the sky grew dark at midday. In fact, secular writers of the time chronicle what happened, that it was a fearful (laughs) darkness at noonday. Jesus was taking the wrath of God at the cross. Why? For us? Why? Because he so loved you and me. God is holy. But the Holy One of Israel came and he lived what, the perfect life I could not live and he died on the cross. And, and while he was dying, he was even forgiving those who were spitting at him and cursing him and challenging him. God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if you end up in judgment, then you're going to have to walk over, somebody put it this way, you're going to have to walk over God's dead son to make it. Now, Jesus is alive, but it's quite an image, isn't it? You're going to have to dodge God your whole life and reject him to end up under his judgment, but people are, we've just read about it, people are not going to trust Jesus. There are going to be people who end up under his wrath. Sobering, isn't it? And that's why we preach the gospel. We preach what? Good news of great hope, which is for all the people Jesus came to save. What does he save? You know, you think about it. You say, if you say to somebody, are you saved? What are you saying? Think about it. Saved from what? From the wrath to come, from the judgment of God, from the consequences of my own sin, are you saved? That's the question. 
And the good news is, I think this is a room filled with a bunch of saved people. Praise God. I don't want any other label attached to me but saved, (laughs) saint, on his way to heaven. Not because I've done anything that's worthy of it, but because he paid the price. Father, thank you for your Bible, your word. It's heavy. This is a heavy chapter. We, we confess it. We know it. This is part of the story of how the world will come to a conclusion. It's hard to imagine that anybody could see these judgments as having occurred already or having happened during the fall of Jerusalem or anything like that. Uh, this, is, this is what you say is ahead, the day of the Lord. It's a day of gloom. However, it's really a day for the unbelieving, unrepentant world who refuses to come to you, to be won over by your love, suppresses the truth, rejects you. That's who it's going to happen to, Lord. And we know you're not willing that any perish but all come to repentance. And that's why you've been so patient. You've waited. But you have fixed a day when you will judge the world in righteousness. And you've given evidence of this in the very space and time we live in by raising your son from the dead. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for the hope that we carry in our hearts. Thank you for how sometimes even tough times turn us to you, turn us to a living hope. If you keep your head and heart bowed, if you've not met Jesus as Lord and Savior, I would just encourage you to run to him. Run and be saved. If you're a prodigal and you've been away from the Lord, it's time to get right. It's time to be busy about your father's business. Oh, I know the world has a lot of its allures, but in the end, the world and all that belongs to it is going to perish. So hold on to the Lord. He'll be the anchor of your soul. And Father, for the sweet and dear saints that are here and they're walking with you and doing their best day in and day out to stay close, to to glorify you, to share the gospel, to, to pray, to walk in truth, to study their Bibles, to be servants of the Most High God. I pray you'll bless them. I pray you'll give them perseverance and strength. I pray that you'll give them everything that they need that regards uh, life and godliness and you and you do and you have and you will and we thank you amen amen you know it's important to see how god is our anchor in the storm and how jesus will be our rock when judgment day comes we're not going to be judged we're going to stand in the storm of judgment if you will because our house has been founded upon the rock Hey, make sure you know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior today and know that in times of tribulation, whatever may come at us in this world, this world that can distract and this world that can allure, Jesus is the answer and he's really the only one worth living for. Hey, I'm Pastor Michael Lance and this study uh, that you've been hearing in Revelation on the seventh seal. I'd love to remind you that you can get teaching in the book of Revelation. You can get a DVD teaching on the seven seals from Revelation 6, the 144,000 and the great multitude from Revelation 7. You can learn more about the mark of the beast or the new heaven and new earth. We have these in a DVD format so you can actually see the teaching as it was presented with video 
And you can check that out today as you go to walkintruth.com and click on the store tab. Check it out today. Get a product for yourself or for a friend or both. And remember, when you buy something, you're partnering with us at Walk in Truth. Also, I want to remind you that you have an opportunity to donate to this ministry at walkintruth.com. We are a listener-supported ministry. We'd really appreciate partners. And the best thing is if we had monthly partners, $5, $10, $25 a month, reoccurring giving is a possibility there at the website. It'd be awesome. You'll help us reach out to more people like you, avail them to this teaching. We'd like to see this uh, ministry go all over the world, and you can help us when you go to walkintruth.com and click on the Donate tab. Well, ladies, this Saturday, there's a women's monthly prayer meeting at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It begins at 9.30 a.m. as the ladies will be seeking the Lord together for our country, for the church, and for different prayer needs that may be there. That's the women's monthly prayer meeting this Saturday at Living Truth at 9.30 a.m. If you have questions about this prayer meeting or anything else going on at Living Truth, call us during normal business hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to take a prayer request. And please reach out to us today. And you can do that also through the website and the app. In your app store, look for the red logo with the pillars. Hey, we'll tune in tomorrow because we're going to begin the teaching in Revelation 9 as we look at the fifth and sixth trumpets and continue to look and study the wrath of God as the seventh seal has unfolded. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, may God richly bless you. We'll catch you then. Remember, to learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store, podcast, or to donate, visit walkintruth.com. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.